remember talking with these Seahawks fans, and right before we were going to go at it, the Niners and the Seahawks, you know, everybody was going back and forth, you know, oh, well, the Seahawks, this and that, blah, blah, blah. oh, well, the Niners, blah, blah, blah. you know, you know how that talk is, right? Everybody's just, you know, got to say something, well, our colors are better than yours, and, you know, well, our coach is better than yours, you know, everybody just tries to one-up the other one. Now, if you know anything about trash talk, you get to a certain point to where you're talking about the here and now until finally you go, well, you know what? Well, how many rings do you got? And right away, you talk about the past. You just do. You can't help it. It's a part of who you are. It's a part of your legacy. There's nothing you can do about it. It will always be attached to who you are. Many people, are, are even as a Niner fan and, or as a Giant fan or an A's fan or a Raider fan, they could try to say, well, the Raiders are this. Well, it doesn't matter. Raiders got three rings and we've got more than what you've got and that's about it. That's the way that it goes. Well, we're Niners and we've got five and we got more than what you've got and that's just the way that it goes. That's our history. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a part of who you are. Well, here at Victory Outreach, I want you to know something. You have a legacy. It's a part of who you are. Now, you could talk about the present, and sometimes you get to a certain point where you're like, man, I'm just, I'm going through it, and I don't know if I can make it. Well, when you don't know that you can make it, just look at your history and know that your history, they've made it so that you don't have to worry about if you're going to make it. They made it in the past, so you're going to be able to make it into your future. Why? Because you have a great legacy behind you. You have a great foundation. You have a powerful history. Touch three people. Tell them you've got powerful history. Come on. Touch three people. Tell them you've got powerful history. Now, within Victory Outreach, even sitting in this room right now, we have three generations. Somebody say three generations. The first generation we have is the pioneer generation. The pioneers. These are the men that went forward, and they were very unique. When it comes to pioneering, they go into places where nobody has gone before and they do things that nobody's ever done before. Somebody was asking me even the other day, said, hey, Pastor Simon, I heard your church is doing this and, oh, your church is doing that. And, man, I heard your church is doing really good and I heard your church is doing really great. You want to know my answer for uh, pretty much everybody that always asks me that question? How do you do it? How do you do it? You know what my answer is? I go, well, really, my father did it. I didn't do a thing. I'm just duplicating what he did. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I haven't made, a lot of people think, oh, how did you do that? I'm going to be very honest. I, they already did everything that we're doing now has already been done. I didn't make up any of it. I'm being very honest. I didn't a shotgun. Come on now. I didn't write the thing. I've never even shot a gun before in my life. Before, actually, you, you want to know how I shot a gun? In the drama. Now I, now I know how to use a shotgun front ones and backwards, trust me. I can shoot it with both, both arms now, trust me. I, I've been with Ray to the range, and I went with Mike Alameda. I can shoot a Desert Eagle now. I can shoot a 9mm. I can lock it. I can take it apart now, all because of the drama. I have never knew how to do any of that stuff. So when people ask, oh, Pastor, are you doing the shotgun, doing the movie? Yeah, but it was because they were doing it before me. I'm not doing anything. See, the pioneer generation, they were very unique. Who in the world wants to go and reach drug addicts? Matter of fact, even to this day, you know what they do with drug addicts? They go, oh, just put them over there. Just put them on the side. Or, matter of fact, even now, you know what they're doing? We're adapting this new European thing, and they're actually giving needles to all the drug addicts. It's starting in the East Coast, and it's starting to make its way over here, but they're doing that in the East Coast. 
They're giving drug addicts all the needles, all the free needles, and they're giving them all the methanol for free. For free. Just giving it to them. I said, wow. But see, us, we have a very unique generation, a very unique pioneer generation that said, there was one generation that said, no, this ain't going to happen. Not to me, not to my family, and not to my family, not to my children's children, and not to my children's children's children. The generational curse will be broken. That was the pioneer generation. That's what they were able to do. They were very unique. They were hard workers. They were very concerned about winning souls more than even the very own comfort of their own family. The pioneer generation received God's promise and the values for our ministry. Now, the second generation is the Joshua generation. Tell somebody the Joshua generation. The Joshua generation were the bridge builders, and that's many of us here in this room here today, building this bridge between those that obtain the principles and those that are going to continue on the legacy that need the principles. The bridge builders. You are building a bridge. Even right now, listen, you need to know something. In the heart of the bay, we're building a bridge. I'm going to say that one more time. We are building a bridge. We are building a bridge to a group of men and group of women that are even a godless generation. You are the ones that have God inside of you, and we're trying to bridge it to those that need God. Can I hear an amen? See, we are the link between the past and even the future. Between the roots and the direction of this ministry is to go. The Joshua generation has a very profound responsibility and we got to remind ourselves of who we are because in order to transmit this vision into the next generation, uh, in order for this to continue on, listen, this is very important that we catch it right now. Somebody say, I got to catch it. Come on, say that. I got to catch it. Because if you don't catch it, that means that the vision is going to die. The vision is going to die if you do not catch it. And say, well, catch it. Well, then who are we going to give it to? Well, we're giving it to the third generation, which is our next generation. The ones that came up here and made you eat all that hot stuff right now. Those ones right there. That was pretty good right there. Did you see that? They did a little tag team right there. A little WWF right there. How many are they? How many are going to do this? They gave the mic over. I said, hey, look at that. They're pretty good right there. I like the way they did that. See, that's, that's the next generation right there. They're coming up. And I like, if you were here even just a couple of weeks ago, Steve Hayes gave a great, great illustration when he talked about, man, if the next generation, uh, they, they made the crooked pass or the, few, uh, the past generation, the crooked pass straight, but it's up to us if we're going to be able to give it to them. It's up to us if we're going to be able to transmit it to them. And so here this evening, I want to make it very clear in our vision. I want to give you a few points of who we are. I want you to look at somebody next to you and ask them this. Say, who are you? Now, as far as Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, listen, right here, right now, I want to make it very clear in who we are as Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, especially to the men. Can I hear an amen? Now, we got all men here. Ain't no dresses here. So, number one, who we are is we are a vision-driven ministry. If you're writing notes, this is number one. We are a vision driven ministry. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or I like what it says in the Holman Christian Standard. It says, without revelation, the people will run wild. See, we have a common vision that keeps us together. There is a common vision that binds us, that connects us, that keeps us together in who we are. And this vision of what we're called to do, what is the vision? We're called to reach the treasures out of darkness. God has called us. God has 
given us a specific calling, a specific ministry, that whatever, wherever we go, that we know that we're going to reach the treasures out of darkness. That when you go to certain cities and you go to certain places, you ask people, hey, where's this neighborhood? Hey, where's that neighborhood? And all of a sudden, a lot of those people go, oh, we don't go over there. Well, whenever they say we don't go there, guess what? We go there. That's where we go. Case in point, even the other night, my wife came home. They went to Berkeley the other night. How many of you guys went to Berkeley? I know a few of you guys went. And, man, my wife, I'd never seen her more drained ever when she came back from hitting the streets. My wife, is a, she loves the streets. She loves the things. She will witness to anything and anyone that moves. That's what I love about uh, my wife. But that night, she came home. Uh, I remember when she walked in to, uh, to the door, I was studying, and she, she just had a look on her. I go, man, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? And she was just like, no, I was just, she goes, this is what she said. She goes, Berkeley is weird. <laughs> That's what she told me. Now, you want to know why I took that even more so to heart? Because guess where she graduated from? Berkeley. She's from Berkeley. So for me to go, Berkeley is weird. I'm like, yeah, I'll stay away from it. She's actually from there. She grew up in Berkeley. She came back going, man, drained from a place where she's from. And she was drained. I go, wow, that's crazy. And she started telling me all this stuff. Then I talked with Eric, and he was telling me, man, I was witnessing to this one person. And as I was witnessing to him, you know, right here, I was on my, on my knees just talking to him. All of a sudden, somebody jumped on Eric on the back of him, jumped right on his back. Ah! I go, what did you do? He goes, I turned around and go, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And he said that the lady took off. In Jesus' name. That's crazy, huh? I mean, th but those are the places that we go into. I mean, uh, we got stories after stories. I can tell you stories being in Manila and Chicago and London and New York and Miami and Orlando. We always go to the craziest places. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. Now, this is the thing. You do not have to be crazy to inherit a crazy promise. Are you hearing me? You don't have to be crazy to inherit a crazy Because, I mean, think about it. Whenever you hear that scripture, I will go before you, I will level the mountains, I will break down the gates of bronze, cut some iron, I will give you the treasures of darkness. Now, if you think about it, people hate dark places. I hate dark places. That's why if you see me sometimes, I'm always turning on light. Turn on the light, bro. Turn on the light. Turn on the I can't stand it because in dark places, you can't see anything. In dark places, you don't know where you're going. In dark places, you can get hurt very easily. But nevertheless, God's called us. That's where God has called each and every one of us. You and I. Listen, each and every one of us, we are Marines. And God has called us to go into these places and reach the hurting people of the world. Listen to me. This is very important that you catch this when I say we're Marines. But I was talking with my cousin, and I said, what, what distincts a Marine from being a, a soldier or being in the Army or, or being in the Navy? This is what he told me. He said, look, don't ever call a Marine a soldier. He said, because Marines are not soldiers. We're a Marine. We are distinct, and we are elite. He said, a Marine, every single Marine, if you want to become an officer, or you be the, he goes, there's one thing that really makes us distinct is that every Marine knows how to shoot a gun. Every Marine. 
Now, not every soldier knows how to do that. If you're going to be involved in the law, or you're going to be involved over here in the, in the technical part of it, you're going to be in the computers. You know, they don't know how to do it, but every Marine knows how to shoot a gun. Listen to me, Victory Outreach. Every Victory Outreach person should know how to pass out a flyer. Every Victory Outreach person should know how to pass out a flyer. You ain't got to be good at it. You just got to know how to do it. Why? Because it's in our DNA. It's in our vision. It's what God has called us to do. You should be able to have that boldness. Now, listen. Now, this is not even apart from Victory Outreach as a Christian. I believe every Christian should have a boldness about them. There should be a boldness about you that if you have Christ living in you, then you have the ability to dominate any darkness or any death that is around you. Why? Because Christ is alive inside of you. God has called you no matter what your background is, you know where your foreground is. You know where you're going. And that going, that common vision, we are a vision-driven ministry. Listen to me. Paul said it. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision that God has given me. Listen to me, Victory Outreach men. God has called us. And coming up real soon, we're going to challenge us, each and every one of us. When we hear about evangelism, that should be, that should stir you up within your heart, within the vision. Say, man, I got to go out there. I got to reach the treasures out of darkness. God has called us. God has called me. He's going to use me to further his kingdom here in Hayward. It's a common vision. Can I hear an amen? The second thing we are is we are a ministry of faith. Somebody say faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We are a ministry of faith. This church was built by faith. We moved over here from Mission Paradise to here by faith. We sustain this ministry by faith. I want you to know something here at Victory Outreach Hayward, now Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay, that we have met in over 50 locations, 50 locations in over 30 plus years. Now, I want you to know something. According to church statistics, that is actually uh, logically, spiritually, however, impossible because most churches will disintegrate after going so many places. They, because you can't say, people don't like that inconsistent feeling, right? They just don't like that. And let's be honest, I don't really like it that much. It's not a good thing. However, the just shall live by faith. We don't live by buildings. We live by faith. We don't live by what the atmosphere tells us. No, we change the atmosphere wherever we go. This church has met in bars, met in bowling alleys, met in parks, met in rec centers, met in more rec centers, met in churches. We've met in other churches where churches' beliefs have been crazy off the wall. We still met in their place anyways. So you can believe whatever you want to believe. Once we come into town, boom, we take over. Why? Because it's a common purpose, a common understanding, and we live by faith. Listen to me here tonight. Some of you here, you're wondering, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it into next week. I don't know if I'm going to make it into next month. Listen, I want you to know something. This ministry was built by faith, and it's going to stay by faith. You and I, it's going to be by faith. Sometimes, every once in a while, sometimes you even got to challenge yourself and get out there and say, okay, God, I'm going I'm to go right here, and I'm just going to take a step of faith. 
When's the last time you exercised your faith? Not your logic, your faith. We are a, a, a ministry of faith. The third one is we are a value-driven ministry. We have the five E's and the three C's, exaltation, evangelism, establishing, envisioning, and even tonight of what we're doing, equipping. There are three C's are the cause, community, and corporation. I like what Roy Disney said. He said, it's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. It's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. Listen to me. We have high values on family. We have high values on giving. We have high values on certain aspects of the ministry. Somebody had even come to our church the other day. And they'd, uh, they'd, they'd asked me, they said, do you guys make altar calls every service? And I go, well, uh, yeah, really we do. And you know what she told me? She goes, wow, I don't see that that much. I go, you know, it's from another ministry. And I, I go, really? I go, well, yeah, it's just, that's a value. We, we just have that, you know. Now, believe me, we understand that not every altar calls for every single person. However, we still make it anyways. You know, she asked me, she goes, well, well why do you do that? I said, well, number one, what I told her is actually exactly this. I said, well, it's one of our values. We believe in it. And number two, we need it. I go, maybe you don't, or maybe the person, you know, or the place that you go to, maybe they don't. But we do. We need it. Because we need a place where we can go to. And I go, I'm telling you, next time you come back, and I told her, I go, next time you come, I go, come to the altar and watch what happens. Sometimes when you're there, you're in the midst of 100 people, you feel like you're by yourself. Like it's just you and God. That's what happens. You just get into a place. It's a value. It's a value that we hold to. This evangelism that we do, it's a value that we have. That we will go out in a fashion and in a form where we bring an army together, Marines together, and we go out at 12 o'clock at night and we go out witnessing to the crackheads. We do that stuff. We don't care what, well, oh no, you know, let that be an event. No, this is not an event, it's a lifestyle. It's a value of what we do. Giving, it's a value that we have. We believe in it. We just don't believe in saying, okay, listen, if you feel like it if, it, if you feel like doing it, no, no, no. It should be a value inside of you that of who you are. Listen, because God changed my life, I want to be thankful and I want to show it by the finances. It's giving. We have certain values as a part of who we are. Now, values also make us very distinct. Somebody say distinct. I like what Albert Einstein said. He said, try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. Become a man of value. Listen to me here this evening. Uh, Brother Jesus came up here and he talked about being the head of your household. Listen to me. You as a man should be the head of your household. You are the head of that house. In other words, your wife, and we've heard this term before, sometimes the woman wears the pants. I want you to know something. Here at Victory Outreach, that's a cute saying. Oh, that's cute. But it ain't reality. Because the man should be wearing the pants. Matter of fact, the man should be buying the pants. And the man should be the one putting them on and teaching his other little man how to put them on. Don't let the woman teach a young man how to put pants on. The men should be teaching the young men how to put pants on. That's a value that we hold. Now listen to me. This is very important. That's not a macho thing. Now if you've got pride, you've got to deal with that issue. 
And how you could tell is because if you've got problems and issues with other women besides your wife, well, that's a whole other thing right there. We'll have a whole other discipleship for that. I'm talking in the standard and in the head and in the branch of God and in the branch of how God put man as the head of the house. It's a value that we hold to. And listen to me. If you don't know how, I want to challenge you. Get around certain men that you could tell like, hey, he's, he's taking control of that house. That's what I want. That's what I want to be. Not a macho man, but a head man. A man that is the head of the house. It's a value that we have. And so I want to challenge you. If you really still want to like, man, I want to learn what it's like to be the head of my, of my house. Get around other men that are the head of their houses and watch what happens when you hold to that value. Can I hear an amen? The fourth thing is that we are family. We are a family-oriented ministry. Acts chapter 2 verse 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Listen, we are connected together through Christ. We are connected, and it's very important. Listen to me. The fellowships that we have, they are not by accident. They're not by accident. Listen to me here tonight, church. Listen to me. A lot of times when we have certain things and we have the picnics and we have certain stuff, we go, oh, well, it's no big deal. It's just a picnic. No, it's a chance to connect. Ah, it's just a men's discipleship. No, it's a chance to connect. Oh, they just invited me over there. I can go another day. No, it's a chance to connect. The family ministry is very important. That's why you will hear, when you hear Victory Outreach Chino and you hear that word, that's the mama church. It's because that, that's who they are. They, they're the ones that sent us out. They're our mama church. We have brother churches and sister churches. But they are our mama church. The family-oriented ministry of who we are is very important. That's why we have our regional churches. We have uh, different churches. We even here tonight, we, uh, Benjamin came from South Africa. We have a, we're a family. We're a family knit all over the world. We've got family in the Philippines. We've got family in Germany. We've got family in Italy. We've got family in Spain, family in El Salvador, family in Mexico, family on the East Coast, family in Portland, family in uh, over there in Seattle, family up in the Northwest. We've got family in Texas. We've got family in Southern California. We've got family in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We got family here in the Bay Area. You got family right here in this room. We are a family-oriented ministry. God has called us to be a close-knit family through Christ. Can I hear somebody say through Christ? See, that's how we are a family ministry. Just having the name is not enough. We need to be connected. Somebody say connected. It's very important that we connect within uh, the, the church, but also within our hearts. The fifth thing within our vision that makes us who we are is that we are a discipleship-based ministry. Discipleship-based. Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, there, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We have an emphasis on discipleship, not just converts, but in reproducing of ourselves into others, becoming disciples. Listen to me. It's very important that you become a disciple. Just don't become a convert. In other words, saying, yes, Jesus is my Lord. Okay, good. Jesus is your Lord, but who's your discipler? Are you hearing me? Jesus is the Lord of your life. He is your Savior. No one can ever replace Jesus. He is your Savior. However, you need a discipler. You need somebody who's going to call you up sometimes and say, hey, bro, don't be talking to your wife like that. 
You need somebody who's going to check you and say, hey, bro, come on, I've noticed you haven't been around a little while. Come on, you, you, you got to get in here. Come on. You, discipleship. You got to have that discipleship. See, these move classes are to make sure that we keep ourselves on the move. You got to be able to have that. You got to be able to have that person that's going to come around. It's a discipleship-based ministry of who we are, and it's very important. Look at the person next to you say, who's discipling you? Now, how do we do it? Of course, we talked about it here tonight. We have our discipleships. We have it in the church. We have it in our recovery homes. We have it in the UTCs. We are very committed to multiplication. Listen, there is a dying world out there. They just don't need people that say they believe in Christ. They need people that are going to show them Christ. People that are going to be disciples of Christ. Can I hear an amen? The sixth thing is that we have an emphasis on a sense of dignity. Titus chapter 2 verse 7 says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity and show dignity. Somebody say dignity. I like Nikki Cruz's book, Give Me Back My Dignity. That's a great book. If you've never read that before, I want to challenge you. Get that book. It's by the author Nikki Cruz called Give Me Back My Dignity. If you're writing it down, write that one down. It's a great book to have. How many have read that book, Give Me Back My Dignity? Isn't that a great book? Powerful book. We are a, a, a ministry, in, and we believe in having a sense of dignity, calling nobodies and turning them into somebodies with a sense of dignity and self-respect. Self That's why yesterday when you heard me when I was preaching and I talked about the ties, and, you know, I, I know every once in a while I'm kind of trying to bring that balance here into, because I know a lot of people, they come to church and, oh, they don't, I don't want to wear ties and, Ties is too old school, and it's, well, that's your choice. That's your preference. I want you to know something. Here, within Victory Average, Heart of the Bay, I can't even speak for all Victory Average, but in the Heart of the Bay, I just like wearing ties because I just feel like it feels good. It gives me, you know why? It gives me a sense of dignity. Like, this is the way I see it. How come millionaires can wear business suits, but I can't? They can. I want to wear a suit. I was like, man, you know, I was listening to the radio this morning, and the guy was talking about going to opening day tomorrow for the Giants, right? They have opening day tomorrow, and he goes, uh, one guy, one announcer was talking to the other one. He goes, hey, what are you going to wear? You know what he told me? Or uh, Actually, you know what I heard? What he was saying? He goes, I'm going to wear a suit. I go, and the other guy laughs. He goes, you're going to wear a suit? He goes, yeah, it's opening day. I should look my best. I go, Wow. But it hit me. I was like, it's a baseball game. You're supposed to go in jeans. You're supposed to go, like, chilling. But he took it, like, and he was, as he began to elaborate on the conversation, he was actually serious. I thought he was joking. He was serious. He goes, no, I'm going to wear a suit because I believe opening day you should look your best. He goes, so I'm going to wear a black suit with an orange shirt. <laughs> I go, okay. All right. But, I mean, this guy's talking about opening day. It's baseball. Like, you could take it or leave it. We're talking about church. We're talking about worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Listen, when I come to church, listen, I'm glad that you come, but I don't come to perform for you. I don't come to look good for you. I come to look good for him. And because of that, I have a sense of dignity. I have a sense of belonging once again, knowing that God has changed me. God has rearranged me. And I got a sense of dignity back within my life. And so that's why I feel like, hey, I like wearing a suit. It feels good. Now I want to challenge you. Now, I know I say that sometimes for those of you that you come to church and it's no big deal about wearing a suit. And listen, it still is no big deal. But I want to challenge you, for those of you that don't come in a suit, try it. Just try it. See, it just, doesn't it, for those of you that wear suits, doesn't it feel good? I feel good. 
I feel good. You know, those of you guys in the home, right? Some of you guys went into the home. You never wore a suit in your life. Never. Right? You ain't never worn a suit. Even the person that told you to wear a suit was your parents. You're like, I ain't wearing no suit. You don't make me wear nothing. Right? Because that's kind of how we were forced to do something. See, but when you have dignity, it's not by force. It's by choice. Are you hearing me? See, that discipline is the force. The dignity is the choice. Are you hearing me? So when you come, and you come on a Sunday, and you come looking good, say, hey, I got a sense of dignity here again. I got some, 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 something inside, some confidence, some strength, and some purity and some peace that God has given me. I got some dignity. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them, hey, you got some dignity, don't you? The seventh thing of who we are, moving along real quick. The seventh part of who we are as Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay is that we are a self-sustaining ministry. Self-sustaining ministry. In other words, it's all in the house. It's all in the house. Somebody asked me the other day. They found out about us here in the Heart of the Bay. We were doing the movie Shotgun. And so right away, the first thing on pretty much everybody's mind, they always ask, how much? Right? They always ask, how much? Because everybody wants to know. Well, how, much, how much is it? How much, what's the budget? What's the budget? Even some of the pastors, you know, they're trying to be real, you know, you know I've been around a lot longer than you. You can tell me. You can tell me. <laughs> I go, <laughs> I ain't telling you nothing. How about go watch the movie and that's I'm going to tell you. And, I, you know, they ask, go, well, how much? And I say, I just want you to know this. This is what I do tell them. I tell them this. And they get blown away when I say this. Because they ask me, they go, where are you getting the money from? I go, you know where I'm getting it from? Our church. And you know what? Then the second question they ask me is that's the first question. The second question they ask me, how big is your church? Second question they ask me. I say this because, as you could tell, I've had this asked to me a lot. Not once, not twice, not 10 times, not 20 times, a lot. So they ask me how much, and they ask me how big is your church. And well, I don't know, a little hundred and something, you know. And they go, hundred and something? And I go, yeah, it's just about that. They go, and you guys are making a movie? A big one? I go, yeah. They go, how do you do that? I go, you know why? Because our people believe that God can do it. That's why. They believe that God has called them to do it. We're a self-sustaining ministry. We're not going out there. We're not panhandling, asking people, hey, we're going to make a movie. You want us to give us some money? No. All the finances, all the resources is in the house. Or should I say it's in the hearts. God has called us to do great things, and we don't go outside. We don't go over there, although all those funds would be great. But listen to me. If we don't get those funds, we don't need those funds. God has called us. He has called a people that were not a people. God has chosen the foolish things of the world, and we're confounding the wise. We're not even confounding the wise. We're confounding our very own people that don't even understand it sometimes. They say, how are you doing that? Listen, I want you to know something. God shall supply all of our needs. Every single one of them. If God wants this movie to happen, it'll happen. I don't know where every dollar is going to come from. I really don't. I just know it's going to happen. God said it. Where God guides, he provides. He's going to do it. We are a self-sustaining Ministry. I love the fact that Pastor Sonny and the elders have turned down multiple times, not once, not twice, multiple times. They have turned down over a million dollars to be donated to our ministry. 
turned down over a million dollars. And I, I talked to Pastor Sonny even personally about one time. He said that he sat in a board meeting and they were all getting excited to give Victory Outreach International. They were going to give us $1.2 million. They were going to give Victory Outreach International $1.2 million. They're like, wow. Now, right away, didn't that sound good? Yeah. Who would not take $1.2 million? However, there was a whole lot of stipulations. They said, okay, we're going to give you 1.2. However, we want to know this. We want to do... We want to know this, we want to know this, and then if we give it to you, we want you to do this, we want you to do this, and we want you to do this. But you can have the money. And you know what the elders said? And you know what Pastor Sonny said? He said, nope, we ain't going to take it. Because they think that we cannot sustain ourselves without their money. That's what they think. You can't. How in the world are you going to get a bunch of ex-drug addicts to keep a church going? How are you going to get a bunch of ex-gang members? How are you going to get a bunch of ex-alcoholics? All they're used to doing is just spending their money on the bottle, spending their money on the needle, spending their money on themselves. How are you going to do that? Well, listen, you're in for a treat because guess what? It ain't us. It's God. It's all God. Always has been and always will be a self-sustaining ministry. Can I hear an amen? We are an inner city focus ministry, number eight. Acts chapter 26 verse 19 says, so then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision that came from heaven. Listen, we have a specific vision to reach the inner cities of the world. It doesn't matter whether you came from the inner cities. God has called you. God has given you a promise to reach the inner cities of the world. I want to challenge you. Listen, to those of you that you are not from the hood, you're not from the inner city. When you hear certain things and you hear certain testimonies that come from behind the pulpit saying, man, I used to be a drug addict. I used to be a gang member. I used to be an alcoholic. And some of you go, well, that was never me. I want to challenge you. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You have a covering when you come into Victory Hours. You have a covering. You have an anointing that God has given you. I can't explain it. I don't think the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the smartest professor at Berkeley can understand the philosophy of what God has given, what's called an anointing. I don't think you can. You can't divide it. You can't try to separate. You can't look at it. I don't know how it works. Just try this, though. If you've never come from that background, which myself is included, but I continue to do this. If you've never come from that background, I want to challenge you. Go reach a drug addict. Go find one. Like, I, and I'm being serious. Intentionally, intentionally get off work and say, God, lead me to an alcoholic. Lead me. Now, forget all this stuff like, oh, okay, well, alcoholics think like this and drug addicts. Hey, look at all that professor stuff and break down all that. Well, see, uh, the drug addict habits of the reason why. Like, shut up. There's an anointing that goes beyond all paperwork. The world tries to figure it out. God has already figured it out. It's called, I will anoint my people. And so what he does is he anoints you. So even if you have no idea how to speak to a gang member or drug addict, I've even talked, I've even learned a whole lot of stuff. I've learned that certain gang members, they've never touched drugs. I go, really? I was a gang member, never touched it. No, I was just into thugging and beating people down. Not about drug addicts. So I don't, I can't reach a drug addict. Like, really? You was a gang member. Come on, brother. Said, no, I just never did it. I want to challenge you. Try and reach a drug addict. Drug, Ex-drug addicts, try this. Go reach a gang member. Go reach your gang member. I was never involved in gangs. I was just all about dope. I was all about myself. Well, it's not about you anymore. You're not a drug addict anymore. Get out of that mentality. Break the thing. And what breaks it is the anointing. 
Are you hearing me here tonight? I'm trying to get I'm trying to get right here. This is personal. I'm just talking to the heart of the bay. Ain't nobody else here from not the heart of the bay. This is the heart of the bay right now. I'm trying to get real personal and get right. Is that okay? Is that all right? Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. If this church is going to grow, we want to grow healthy and we want to grow spiritually. And if we're going to grow, I'm not into all the numbers. Believe me, I don't really care less when we get a thousand people. I don't really care. What I care about is our, is our people growing healthy. Is our people growing spiritually? And listen, God has given us a specific calling for a specific people. Can I hear an amen? The ninth thing, I'm going to give you nine and ten really quick. We are, an inter, we are a ministry with an international scope. And a ministry with an international scope. Always keeping the international in mind. Don't get complacent of living off past commitments. It's up to us to make new ones. Can I hear an amen? And number 10 is that we are committed to church planting. Committed to church planting. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to Martinez and to Martinez, to Martinez and to the Philippines, to the Philippines and to Martinez, to Martinez and to the Philippines. Guess where we're going? Martinez and to the Philippines. These next few months... Some of you guys need to get ready. Some of you guys wondering why you're having a hard time with your boss. And you're like, I feel like quitting. Well, no, you don't really feel like quitting. It's because God's making you uncomfortable because maybe some of you are supposed to be going to the Philippines. I'm just saying. I don't know where that came from. But I'm just saying. See, some of you always think, how come? Why is God, about? God has a purpose by design for each and every one of us. And God, and you are in a ministry that believes and spreading out to the right and spreading out to the left. Listen to me. Especially, listen. Now listen to me. Let me get even more specific. Listen to me, you single men. You single men. Don't get too caught up in trying to get a woman. Don't get too caught up with that. Now it's good. Trust me. As a married man, man of married on... Nine years now, I love my wife, wouldn't trade it for the world. However, before I made her my world, I went and traveled the world. Are you hearing me? Listen to me, single men. Before I made her my world, I went and traveled the world. God has called us. God has called you. I'm talking to the single men, not the married. I'm going to talk to the married men in a little bit. Single men. Single men, listen to me. There is a uniqueness about you that God wants to use that you specifically have that married men do not have. They just don't. We have a, a certain commitment that allows us to take care of certain things. But within that commitment, believe me, I'll talk about that later on. It comes all full, full circle. Trust me, it does, especially to you married men. But single men, you have the ability to make a commitment on a moment's notice that you can. That's why, well, I got a job. Actually... The job is for you. That's really what it's for. The job is for you. So if you're taking care of you, make a commitment to make sure that you're answering your call. Answering your call. Are you hearing me here tonight? So you single men, listen to me. If you're getting a little uncomfortable, man, I wonder. Maybe because you're supposed to start stretching to the right and stretching to the left. Maybe the Philippines. Ooh, some of you guys real soon, you're going to be going to the Philippines. We're going to be launching you out over there. You don't know the first team that went? They were all single when they went. Right? Pastor Darrell was single. Pastor Richard was single. Dan Martin was single. 
They were all single. Guess what? They're all married. They're all married now. Beautiful families. Chucky, single. They're all single. Anthony, single. Barry, single. They were all single. Look at that. Go to the Philippines, get married. Amen. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Don't write that down. Don't write that down on the nose. Strike that. Strike that. But what I love is that these men that we could talk about, they made a commitment. They made a commitment. Said, God, I'm going to allow you to use me even within what we're doing at being a single man. And this goes to my second, the, the, the last point is that we are a passionate ministry. We're a ministry filled with passion. Now listen to me, married men. Listen to me. Even though you're married, you can still be filled with passion. Filled with passion for the ministry, passion for the call, passion for souls. Don't ever lose that passion to win a soul. Don't ever lose the passion to preach to people. Don't ever lose that passion to share the gospel with somebody. Listen to me. I know you got to work. I know you got to provide. I know you got certain obligations and certain commitments that you have. But the number one commitment that you should have is the commitment to God. And if you got that commitment to God, then you're going to have a commitment for souls. Listen, don't let your hands be stronger than your heart. Are you hearing me? I know you got to work with your hands. I know you got to do certain things with your head. You got to crunch numbers and do all this stuff. You got to, okay, I got to put this. Don't forget about that. And you got all this scheduling going on. Okay, I got to pick up my son at this time. I got to get my girls. Okay, don't forget my wife. Oh, my wife, she's over here. She's nagging, nagging. God, can you get her? God's saying, yeah, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her through you. So don't, don't worry about all that nagging. I've gotten her because you're her provider. So you quit nagging to me. That's what God's saying to you. And so he's saying, look, I got, the, I understand your commitment. I got all this stuff. But don't ever put your hands over your heart. Keep that heart soft. Keep it the heart of flesh. And you know how you're able to do that? Win souls. Win souls. I try my best. This, I'm not perfect at it. I'd be lying if I said I came up here and I did it every day. I do make it a point to witness to somebody every day. But as far as winning souls, I try my best to do it. But I will witness to somebody every day. I will randomly randomly talk to somebody that I've never met. That even today, as I was studying for this message, I was studying right over here, and I was talking to my cousin, as I was talking to the Marine. I'm talking with him, right? And he's explaining to me, explaining to me. And I go, hold on! I go, hold on! He's all, what? I go, hold on! And I put him on hold, and I open the window. I go, hey! I think Robert was passing by. I go, hey! I go, Eugene! And I see Eugene. You guys know Kathy Rodriguez's uh, son. Like, Eugene! And he turned around and go, hey, what's up, blood? You know, I was smoking, what's up, blood? He said, I thought the Koreans were here. I go, nah, man, we're here. <laughs> That's what he told me. He goes, I thought Koreans were here. I go, no, we're here. He's like, oh, for real? I go, yeah. I go, dude, you should come now. I go, we got church on Sunday. You know what he told me? He goes, I'm busy. <laughs> he goes, I'm busy. I go, what do you mean you're busy? It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm still busy. I was like, Stop it. Come on, bro. So, but, Matt, even just seeing him, it softened my heart. I was preparing instead, you know, because when you're just study, you're like, ah, yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden, boom, my heart got softened once again. Who cares about the study? Who cared about my, I, my, my cousin knows God. Hold on. Boom. Hey, Eugene, don't forget, Jesus loves you. Don't forget, God loves you. 
Listen to me. In the midst of all your workings, and listen, I know. Some of you, I, I thank God for the heart of the bakers. We have some of the hardest working men. I mean, men that work hard, men that go at it. We don't have lazy men in the heart. I love that about our church. We have no lazy men. But listen to me very carefully. As AJ comes to the keyboard, this is, I want to make this very clear. This church was founded on reaching souls for the honor and glory of God. That's what it was founded on. It started that way. And I, listen, I don't want to be the one who blocks that thing from continuing on. We need to be a church. We need to be men that God has called to win. Listen, you may not be the perfect singer. Don't worry about it. Just be a good witness. You may not be the best preacher to come behind the pulpit. Don't worry about it. Just be a good witness. You may not be the perfect father. That's okay. Be a good witness. You may not be the perfect son. You may not be the perfect brother. That's okay. Be a good witness. See, in the midst of it all, sometimes we try to look for perfection. We try to look for perfection in it all. And God says, look, I just want you to follow after the good shepherd. Can you just be a good sheep? Can you just be that? Just be a good witness that God has called you to be. See, this is who we are, vision-driven, family-oriented, self-sustaining ministry. That's who God has called us to be. And here tonight, this is the last night, and I was praying about it. I said, God, I want to come with a powerful, I want to get deep. I want to get into it. God said, no, just tell them who you are. This is who we are, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. And I'm glad that this was just Heart of the Bay, man. Because this is who we're going to stay. We're not perfect at it. We're not the best at it. We don't have the largest church. I don't want to have the largest church. I just want to be the church that God has called us to be. I want to build a strong church. I want to build a monumental church. A church of men and women and children that could come and say, listen, God can use me in this church. I don't have it all together, but he keeps me together. I keep connected through the fellowships. I, get, I keep connected through the ministries, through the life group. I keep connected. We're self-sustaining. Listen, we don't have millions of dollars, but all the resources are in the house. God's called us. God's called you. Whether you were an ex-gang member, ex-drug addict, or ex-nothing, God still wants to use you to reach the inner cities of this world. Can I hear an amen? Stand with me here tonight, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just lift your hands with me here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Right now, we're gonna, I'm going to express one of our values.